What does your heart break for? Um, I think the shortest answer is other people. Um, but more specifically, the idea that everyone deserves not only to have their basic needs met, but to live their lives with dignity. What does it look like to treat someone with dignity? So so what I think is like really interesting and also challenging about like having that as a guiding principle is that looks different for a lot of people. Like dignity means different things um, Mm -hmm. for different people. For some people it's like being able to make choices. Um... Um, so Amartya Sen has this really interesting idea of, um, human rights and Mm -hmm. freedom and it's called the freedom as capabilities approach. Mm -hmm. And it's the sense that like when we're thinking about like, um, international development and like work in poverty and stuff that we should be guided by the principle that, um, we should aim to help people access freedom by Mm -hmm. giving them the capability to make choices. So it's less oriented around, like, um, let's give this person food or let's give this person clothing and more like, let's give people the tools to live the kind of life where they can make the choices about what's meaningful to them and what's important to them. So, like, Mm -hmm. someone might not want a job, but they should have the opportunity to pursue a job or career if they want to. Hmm. It's not determining for another person what they might need or putting on your own, like, I know what's best for you. Yeah. Encountering this idea in an ethics class that I took about freedom as capabilities approach really helped me um, think about some of the more challenging aspects of working in development. There are a lot of debates on, like, what's the best way to carry out work, like, what is our role in national development space like in terms of in many cases like organizations in doing good may actually displace opportunities in the areas um, Mm -hmm. where they may be working right like an organization may bring um, medical professionals to an area um, Mm -hmm. and that's great when there's an acute need but what does that mean um later in terms of like opportunities for local nationals to pursue careers in medicine um yeah i wonder is there any experience that you can speak to where you've taken these things that you've learned in your ethics class Mm. and you've seen it in your real life like in a very small local scale yeah, um, so, I guess, so there are, I'm thinking of two really different examples, mm-hmm. um, and so the first one is, you know, what do you do, um, when someone asks you for money in the street? Yeah. Um, and growing up, um, a lot of people around me were like, oh, you shouldn't give money to those people.
people, um, they'll probably use it on drugs or alcohol or something that won't meet their basic needs. Yeah. Um, and so you actually wouldn't be helping them. And so, like, that was something that, like, was part of my guiding philosophy for a while, right? Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to make lunches for people and just give it to them instead of money. Oh. And I did that for a little bit while in middle school. Um, you know, it was a little confusing to me why they wouldn't want, like, a Kashi peanut butter roll bar, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then I, I later started to realize, like, it's really presumptuous um, for us to decide what it means to help someone else or what's good for someone else. Um, and, like, this idea that, like, you don't give money to someone who's panhandling because they won't use it in a way that you deem is, like, um, worthy, which Mm -hmm. obviously has, like, there's, like, a value judgment on what they choose to do with that Mm -hmm. money. Um, it's almost like that act of, like, deciding not to give them money is, like, saying that they don't deserve to have a choice in how they spend their money Mm. because of their current situation. So it's almost like their freedom to make choices. It's like they're a little less human because mm. they're asking for money. And, like, you feel like you have, you should have a say in how they spend that money. I mean, and, like, that's, like... I mean, like, there's also your free will to give them money mm-hmm. as well. That's tied up into that. But and I thought about it a lot, and I was, like... I got to the point where I was, like, oh, well, then I will give money, and I don't care what they do with it because... Um, it's more about, like, allowing them to feel dignified mm-hmm. and allowing them to make the choice to do what they please with that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I got to the point where, like, and maybe this is kind of crazy. Not crazy, but, like, I was like, even if they do use it on drugs or alcohol, and I guess this is, like, still something that I grapple with, um, if that experience is something that makes their existence on this earth or this, their passage on this earth like a little less painful or like feel better I don't know if I can make a value judgment on that but also like from the perspective of someone really interested in public health I struggle with like well is it ethical to like let someone um use a habit or like have a habit that like you know for sure will um hurt them in terms of like their physical health but and even mental health because addiction is um a mental illness so um and I don't mean that in like a stigmatized kind of way it's more like I'm I'm juxtaposition like I'm positioning addiction on that spectrum that people often think it's either like people like usually think it's like a moral failure or a moral issue and I'm just mm-hmm. saying that I think that addiction changes you physiologically mm-hmm. like in real ways that like makes it hard literally to break the addiction so that's like what I mean that it's an illness like it's not just like you can't control yourself okay I don't know I just like really lost my shit no 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 <laughs> um, that ran away um it didn't but yeah so Basically, when I have cash, I give it to people when they ask me for it. <laughs> and if I don't have cash, um, I at least try 
Well, I don't try. I, like, acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. I remember I was traveling in Senegal once for an internship, and there were a lot of um, children who were begging, and that was particularly challenging because um, in Senegal it's very notorious that, like, often poor families will send their children to, like, religious schools. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of thinking that they'll get be taken care of and receive a good religious education, but instead the heads of these schools really are just, like, running this scheme where, like, they send children out to the cities to, like, beg, um, and they have to bring that money back. Um, They're called Talibay. So, like, it was hard thinking about when children ask you for money, knowing that there's, like, a pretty good chance that that money is going back to someone who's exploiting them. Um, um, And that just brings in more issues, right, because they're children, and you think about... um, how that changes the conversation about free choice and stuff. And, yeah. Um, if they don't have, like, a clear guardian either, that complicates things. But anyway, I told the person I was traveling with that, like, even if I don't have money, mm-hmm. I, like, always look the person who's asking me for money in the eye. Um, and he was like, why? I'm like, because... It's, it might be uncomfortable if you can't help someone, but, like, to just avert your eyes or pretend that they're not there, Mm -hmm. that's even, that's, like, completely failing to acknowledge their humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, it's hard because I'm an awkward person and, like, (laughs) (laughs) but, like, and sometimes, like, making eye contact and saying I'm sorry does invite conflict, right? Like, there are mm-hmm. some people that you're like, I'm sorry, I don't have money, and someone might be like, uh, well, you know, I don't know, I just saw you go into that shop or whatever, like, mm-hmm. you know? But I think that, I think that we owe that, we owe that to our, our fellow, like, people. Yeah. Um, an acknowledgement that we are. Absolutely like literal beans like we're all sentient beans <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i've talked about this before i'm not sure if i shared this with you but i took this women and gender studies class where um excuse me i took this women and gender studies class with professor chiwen bao wait did you take this as well Okay, was it um, education, race, and gender? Yes. Okay, we were in the same class. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I re- we remember like acknowledging that or if we never knew that. She she talked about that in her class when it's like, when you're passing by a person without a home, like, how do you not have two seconds to acknowledge their humanity? Yeah. Sometimes that's all they're looking for. I wanted to get back to what you first said about how your heart breaks for other people. In the last few episodes that I've recorded, that's been a similar, something that I've heard um, mentioned before, and I just wanted to dig into that a little deeper. And who are these other people that your heart breaks for? Well, there, there are people in my life and they're also, like, people that are far away. And I think, like, my relationship to these people, like, affects, like, the ways in which my heart breaks for them. So, mm-hmm. like, for the people that are close to me, it's, like, doing 
anything I can to make them feel loved mm-hmm. and appreciated and um like on the one hand it gives me a lot of joy to be able to bring happiness to someone else and but on the flip side like to feel like I've hurt someone through my actions or inaction um like literally breaks my heart like I can't deal with it Mm -hmm. um and so I work really hard to avoid disappointing people but I think that sometimes I have a poor gauge for like how my actions will affect other people and consequently like I'll often sacrifice like things that I need to do for my own Mm self-care or like sacrifice my own freedom of choice or preferences for someone else and then for like people that are far away I don't know. I feel like so um, in the interview process, because I've been interviewing for, like, social sector stuff, I've been asked several times, like, what drives me to want to do good or, like, to mm. work in the social sector. And it's a lot harder question to answer than I thought. And, mm. like, your question about um, who these people that my heart breaks for are is also a lot harder a lot harder like a lot harder than I expected to answer and also Mm. like why um I don't know maybe it's because like for so long I've always just assumed that like it's a human thing or like an innate thing to want to to feel protective Mm -hmm. over other humans like as members of your own species I've never like I haven't interrogated why Mm mm-hmm The feeling of heartbreak is distinctive. It's. You can't help what your heart breaks for. Yeah. And I wonder if, like. If it was, like, a rational, easily identifiable thing, whether it would even be heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Does your heart ever break for your sister? Yeah. And. It's weird, but, like, so sometimes, it like, it breaks over, like, how proud I am mm-hmm. of her. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one thing I've been thinking a lot about is how we get older. Our relationship is changing, mm-hmm. but it's really rewarding to kind of just become an adult with my sister and, like, tackle some of the really hard things in life. But it's also, like... Growing up, I always thought of her, like, I always thought of her as well as the older sister as the protector. And recently, my sister has gone through things that, like, I can't even begin to imagine to know what it feels like. And so you feel like you're at a loss for what to do. Like, you're supposed to be, um, to be able to help someone. And I don't know, like, I don't know the right things to say and... Yeah, but it it makes me really sad, and it breaks my heart to see when she's sad. Um, but also it breaks my heart in a good way to see like how much she's grown. Yeah. Um, and she teaches me so much. About being a strong person, I don't know. I have like a lot of <laughs> a lot of feelings. I don't know. I love my little sister. 
Very evident. <laughs> you remind me of my middle sister. <laughs> she... Oh, she taught me everything there is to know about unconditional love. And no matter how many times I've wronged her or disrespected her, <laughs> she still gives me unconditional love. And I know that nothing I ever do will break that. And I I'm, hope I never mistreat her in a way that could potentially <laughs> break that. But always, I know that I really appreciate what you said about how your heart breaks in pride and how like proud of her you are because I think when your heart breaks for something it's not always like it's not always a sad thing it's just you could be filled with so much joy and have your heart just crack open and be like oh that was an amazing experience like my heart is beating and like leaping against my chest like you feel it so profoundly but those sorts of moments only really happens when you have this unconditional love for someone when your heart could do that and be like wow I'm just feeling so much right now <laughs> I'm feeling too much but I think that's sometimes I'm like I'll just be like I'm proud of you Ryan and she's like so you're being so extra <laughs> I'm trying to have a moment I'm just really proud of how like the person you become yeah but that's like how our relationship is and like talking about unconditional love um I think my sister like reflecting a lot on our relationship in the past year um my sister has taught me a lot about like another kind of love which is like pretty similar to unconditional love but it's the idea of like loving without reservation mm. um like she's definitely the most affectionate person in our family and like she just like she just has so much love to give um and she does it like you can tell that she's not scared to um like even if she's been hurt before or like she she just she's really generous with it and I for I don't I don't know I feel like it'd be I have no idea where this comes from but like <laughs> I I can't do that it's really hard for me um to love without reservation in the sense like love without worrying about the future or whether the other person loves me back or like um basically like loving someone loving in a way that like you are opening yourself up to vulnerability and accepting um that you might get hurt like I've always closed myself off to like probably high reward but also really high risk mm -hmm. opportunities to love someone mm. because I'm scared of what it means to let myself love someone and then possibly lose them. Um, and I think that, like, I'm just in awe of how strong my sister is because I think it takes an incredible amount of bravery to love people the way that she does. Um, and in my family, we always, like, tease her, give her a hard time for kind of being a diva or, like, bratty sometimes. But, like... 
you think about it, she actually never asks for anything in return for her love. Like, um, she, like, is always giving me, like, kisses and hugs, which is, like, so annoying when it's in front of, like, other people, because I'll be like, I'm your older sister, you have to respect me, like, other people, like, you have to respect me, but, like, just thinking about it, like, that hasn't stopped her from giving me kisses and hugs, and she hasn't, like, demanded the same from me, like, she's okay, and she understands that that is not exactly the way that I show my love and sometimes she teases me because she's like she's like guess what mommy said you're emotionally distant None of that has ever stopped her from, like, loving me the way that she knows how to love people. And she's a special person. And I'm sorry. I said so many things about my sister, but I love her. No, please don't (laughs) apologize. I feel like... But also, if you ask my friends, like, you'll also be... They'll also be like, ugh, she complains about her a lot. But it's weird. I don't know. I feel the same way about my sister. (laughs) I really feel like... Drive us crazy. <laughs> no, it's like sometimes my sister still tries to get me to hold her hand when we cross the street. My sister still wants to. <laughs> but I'm she the just wants to hold hands. <laughs> I'm like stop. Oh my god. Or my sister will take pictures of me sleeping and be like, "Hey, I took a, I kissed you while you were asleep." I was like, "What the?" My sister what, are you, too. what are you doing? Stop! Stop doing that. But. She's the middle, she's the older than me, and it's just really weird. Um, they call me like Snapchat me, like, <laughs> while we're hanging out, right? I'm sleeping and send <laughs> That's, like, there's another thing about sisterly love. If everyone could, it could experience, like, the purity of an older sister's love. <laughs> I know, sometimes, you know, loving without reservations... I feel like that's something I try to practice and it really comes from a place of having been loved so much by family and friends and so it's I my parents I remember someone asked like oh how what was the one thing you kept in mind when you were raising Claudine they were saying you know just making sure that she always knew she was loved and she's like that's probably why she's such a brat because she's like, everybody loves me. And she's like, that's definitely a fault of mine. And also just the thing that gets her to be who she is. Just knowing, having felt so much love. And I know, even though I don't know your little sister, I can sense that the amount of love that you and your parents have poured into her. That's why she, it's, it's such a freeing thing for her. Because she's like, well, it was all just given. There was no reservations with that. And so for her, giving love is very, might be really easy and just second nature. Just like, well, here it is. I'm just giving, (laughs) giving it out. Because for you guys, you didn't, you didn't put conditions on the love that you've given her. And you weren't hesitating before you gave her love. It was just, you exist and therefore you deserve love. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if like, I'm just thinking back to what you said 
about living with dignity and wondering if people can live with dignity and not have experienced love. Like, I don't, in my head, I don't think it's possible, but I know this is about me. I'm wondering what you, what no, you feel. I think, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Um, it's hard to imagine feeling like honored as, or like feeling like your existence matters or having like your humanity honored without having been loved or like knowing what it's like to be loved. Um, and I'm just like trying to imagine myself in that role and I'm lucky that it feels so foreign to think about what it might be to live a life without love mm-hmm. for the love of others but it's also just like I no I don't know I don't think it's possible These, I guess there are like a lot of theories about like what makes a life dignified right like I talked a little bit about choice and I also we could talk about like material things like money and having the ability to have a high standard of life but um I like that idea a lot like that dignity is from love like both the ability to receive and the ability to give love mm-hmm. yeah how do you know when you're loved Um, I guess it's like a lot more when you, that you feel it rather than when someone says it. Cause when Mm -hmm. I think about the people that make me feel loved or that like, I assume love me cause some of them haven't straight up been like, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't, I would say like a lot of them haven't said like, I love you. I mean, I say it a lot cause like. First of all, like, I love people. Like, I love a lot of people, and I just, I feel pretty comfortable about it. But then I realized that, like, maybe that's a weird thing. The other day, I was like, I said to someone, I really do love you. And I don't know if that made them uncomfortable. <laughs> but, um, it's, I think it's the feeling of feeling safe. Mm. Um, and that, like, you, and... Feeling appreciated. Yeah. And validated. And yeah, I don't know. What is what is being loved feel like for you? Mm. Maybe I'm just like assuming everyone loves me. <laughs> no, I don't think you are. I think you're very loved. <laughs> for me, I it's a feeling. Mm. I feel a very warm glow in my chest. Mm-hmm. And the way I describe love is like, for me, it's like carbonated. And mm. that, you know, when you shake up a bottle of like sparkling water or like a can of Coke, it's going to explode or it's going to mm-hmm. fizz out. But for me, like, I feel it so much in my chest, like up to my throat, like into my mouth, like that. It's gonna, it, 
it's going to come out. So I can't really restrict or yeah. be stingy with it. Like it's just, it's going to come out. And I feel like it's just there sitting on my chest always. And no, I, I'm always on the verge of tears. <laughs> and I feel like that's when I know I'm like, feeling loved or feel love in the space mm-hmm. when it's I'm fullness yeah it, it is fullness where I just like it's a for me it's a very physical feeling mm-hmm. in my chest I'm like oh like I love you mm-hmm. and it, I can't it I know I think I I say I love you a lot to people mm-hmm. and sometimes I used to worry about whether people would think I'm just very like free with my love and all of that and (laughs) yeah but I'm like but I'm free with my love (laughs) and it does seem that like like first of all love in some ways has come to be a thing that we like dole out selectively Mm. yeah no no no, (laughs) absolutely it's like it's 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 I've said this before it's an infinite resource. I think that's the only thing that we're given or we have and we possess that will never run out. It won't ever like energy that can you can be exhausted, but giving love like that's never exhaustive. Like you all you'll always have more. You're just you have it, and yeah. it depends on. For me, so I don't why we arbitrarily like withholding. Yeah, like, I don't think this person should have more love. That's enough. Oh, there's this. <laughs> There's this, there's this person who was panhandling that held up a sign. It says, and I just saw it last week or this past week. It says, the love you choose to withhold in this lifetime will be endless pain. Mm. And I was like, it said something similar. And I was <laughs> like, that's real. And so I was at, when you started that sentence, I was like trying to imagine what the end of it was, and I came up with the word lost. Mm. Like the love that you withhold in this world is lost. Like going back to the idea that's an infinite resource that like you don't have to like ration it. And yeah. so if you do withhold love, like it doesn't go anywhere. Like it's not Yeah. It's not in like your reserves. It's just you just, just like another opportunity that you didn't use. Yeah. I don't know. No. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Um, I thought, I just thought of a couple of things mm-hmm. that you question about, like, when you feel, like, how you know you feel loved and how you feel, how you know that you maybe love someone, mm-hmm. how you love someone. Um, so, and it's, well, it has to do with, like, language, right? And I'm, I'm just remembering that, like, there are times where, like, the moment that it struck me that, like, someone loves me is, like, um realizing that they remembered something Mm. about me that we talked about um and just like repeating that back to me at another time and I was like you're like oh wow um I think um just like in a world where there's so many distractions that's really remarkable to me and then Knowing how I love someone, I really love, um, <laughs> or I really like, fuck it, I love <laughs> the image, um, of, like, the idea of, like, love being a really physical feeling, like, bubbling up in you, and, like, just, like, you can't contain it, 
that that's I, I feel like that's how I know that I love someone that like it's bubbling like just wants to spill out of me but then it's also spilling out of me but I can't find like enough words to express what all that is spilling out of me that like sometimes I'm just like Ugh, guys, I love you so much. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds disingenuous, but you're like... Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, so... I love that. I really love that. I love especially how you... <laughs> I like. I love. <laughs> Fuck it, I love. I love. Um... <laughs> And it's also, like, I don't know if you ever felt, like, the moment when you realize you love someone or you just, like, you just, like, have it wash over you how much you love someone. And it's just, like, it's both, like, that wave that washes over you, but it's also, like, really settling and peaceful. You're like, oh, I love this person. Mm-hmm. And you feel, like, really calm. That's how it feels like for me, I think. Like, I feel, like, secure. Yeah. I have one last question for you. Okay. <laughs> I feel really good right now. I just wanted to put that out there. Like, I and feel really like... really warm and fuzzy. Yeah! <laughs> I do, too. Then what does going towards heartbreak look like for you? I just imagine it, like... Be vulnerable, like letting myself be vulnerable, because I think that's what it means to go towards heartbreak. Like if you, like make that decision to pursue the things that you care mostly, care the most about. Like you're opening yourself up almost certainly to disappointment. Um, but that's also like. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about living a meaningful life and and living a life where all the choices you make are ones that you can fully stand behind. Like, none of this, like, like ambivalent bullshit. Like, I guess I can make this choice. No, like, this is my choice. And I think that's what going towards heartbreak is, um, living your life in a way that, like, every single step you take and every choice that you make is something that you can put the whole weight of, like, your life behind. Or, like, something that you can be proud of and that, like, you're willing to open yourself up to hurt for. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I really like this. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> this is all so nice. So many feelings. Yeah. So many reflections. I feel very full. My heart is full. Yeah. Like, the thing that I've tried to communicate sometimes is like, also sometimes when my heart breaks, it's because it breaks open because it's so full. Like, where it's like, I can't contain it. I'm mm-hmm. feeling something. Oh, like that. No, you just gotta let it break. Yeah. So sometimes my heart breaks with joy, with fullness, with sadness. And I think it's just 
this I feel very strongly that our physical body tells us things and we have to listen to it and that for me has been heartbreak like this really f- physical feeling of my heart breaking open yeah. and it's not breaking apart it's breaking open yeah I think and I think that's a really um hopeful like reimagining of what it means mm. for your heartbreak Wait for your heart to break because I can't English right now. <laughs> um, the idea that it's breaking open and not like shattering because mm-hmm. it gives you the idea that there's like when you let your heart break for something, there's opportunity, possibility. Yeah. Oh, this makes me so hopeful. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Feeling really good about my existence right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It's something. Amazing. 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 Amazing.